0: Welcome to the 374th episode of the So Video Games Podcast, where we talk about any game at all, uh, any game we're playing. You know, if we're playing it, we are talking about it. Today, we're recording on February 4th, 2024. My name is Carl Rudella. Uh, I am not a game critics editor. I am just a person who makes videos online and talks on podcasts. But joining me today is the man with the plan, and is an editor on a website.
1: Brad Galloway. It's me. Thank you, Carlos, for that wonderful introduction. I feel completely at home here on my own podcast. Thank you, sir. Welcome. Yeah, thanks. That was
0: terrible. I'm gonna edit most of that out. <laughs>
1: no, you won't. We're
0: gonna run it. I sure I don't edit anything.
1: All right, folks, we are back. Carlos has kicked off the show. We are we're here. We've got a full script, got a full load of games, got a lot of stuff to talk about. Carlos, how are you doing, sir?
0: I'm okay. Uh, I just was telling you off podcast, it's weird that we talk, that we say the date each time. February 4th, 2024. Yeah, what's weird about that? Um, I don't know. I just feel like, does anyone remember the date
1: when they listen to these? Like, what is that? Well, for me, I don't know about you, but I started doing the date because, because I listen to other podcasts. And so whenever, you know, I'm not current. I don't have like a bunch of free time. So sometimes... I'll go like a week or two or three without listening to any podcast. And then when I go back to catch up on my favorite shows, I'm like, uh, I don't remember when was which. And so oh, when okay. I hear the opening of the show, it'll be somebody saying, oh, it, it was January 16th. I'm like, oh, OK, this was from like two weeks ago. That kind of mentally tells me how far back I am and and what has happened since then or whatever. So it kind of for me anyway, just kind of gives me a marker as to how how long ago how old the content is not that old kind is bad content but just you know is it the latest show is it breaking news is this old news like what's you know where's it I at in it. the timeline? yeah you know yeah yeah. yeah okay
0: all <clears> right <throat> well we'll keep it
1: all right excellent excellent uh let's see we got a lot of stuff i say let's just jump on into it carlos you ready to talk about housekeeping
0: yeah housekeeping it up
1: all right folks as y'all know carlos and i share a virtual living space divided down the middle with a strip of duct tape his side my side things are and we're tidying up right here and right now it is housekeeping um i've got a bunch actually unusual amount today but carlos i'm gonna let you start what do you got on your side of the room today well
0: just i have one box and it's real easy it's called state of play
1: state of play you know you told me about it and you sent me some links which i'm grateful for but i have had a, a hell a hell of a week and i'm behind on a bunch of stuff i haven't seen it i plan to watch it with my family and i haven't even watched the videos i sent yet i don't really know anything about it other than you know like the the mention of the titles you want to you want to take us uh, on a guided tour through what they showed
0: yeah just a few things some highlights they didn't really show a ton um but um i think a lot of um what they show was weird and you saw saw that across like a lot of the youtube videos of saying like hey what was that state of play fever dream that just (laughs) happened um because everything was kind of unusual um which i love I mean, I, I'm i a big fan of weird. So I thought it was great. Um, and I'm not a fanboy, even though I like I play PlayStation more. I just want good games. But <clears throat> a bunch of the stuff looked really interesting and weird. So the first thing uh, was kind of the biggest thing for me. I've been following this game since it was called Project Eve, but Stellar Blade was shown
1: off. What? How have we never talked about this? You've been um, following it for a while? I've been We're following talking it about. for a
0: long time. We, I didn't bring it to the show because there wasn't really anything to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I've mentioned it in... You know like directs or something because it's popped up before i think it was originally called project eve but yeah it's like um third person actiony game a little a little bit like near uh automata yeah um, nice Good job. and but at the same time there's guns and blades obviously and stuff like that and he plays a woman protagonist and she's just like kicks ass so they just kept showing random pieces of it and so in this state of play they showed a lot of it um Funny, funnily enough, a lot of what's going around the internet right now is focus on the fact that they're showing her curves. And I'm like, instead of Stellar Blade, stellar blade they call it the Stellar Yams. What? <laughs> yeah. Stellar Yams? What is Yams? I guess yams? that means ass. I don't is that know. a butt? I don't even know yeah. what Yams is supposed to mean. I guess it's supposed to mean a butt. Is that Anyways, what the kids are saying these days? I don't know if the kids are saying it, but... It was in a YouTube video. Anywho, Is what the creepy old
1: men are saying these days? <laughs> maybe.
0: But, yeah, it, you know, it shows off. I don't know. Like, she's running and you're watching her from behind. It's the same thing with Tomb Raider, so I don't think there's anything different there. Um, but, yeah, it's just like she looks awesome. She's kicking ass. It looks crazy. It looks weird, like a little bit. I don't want to say Death Stranding, but, you know, just weird story, weird alien, half alien human people. And um, I'm all in. I just can't wait. So you okay. have to check out some of that because I will
1: definitely check that out. In fact, maybe after the show, I think today I finally got a little bit of breathing room, so I think I'm going to try to watch this show with with the fam after. after oh, great! Recording yeah. Here. yeah,
0: it's definitely yeah a weird time. You'll see as I'm going to just hit the highlights. But all right. Um, so that's it. Started off with that, and then it went into Silent Hill 2 remake. Um, you know, showing that you know, footage a little bit. It looks okay. Is I it mean, Bloober team who's doing that? Oh, I didn't look. I, I didn't look.
1: I can't remember. Um, yeah. I, it's weird. Silent Hill is weird for me. Um, I mean, you've obviously played. I'm, I'm assuming you've played it. Oh, yeah, of course. i played every and game. what, you game. love it, or what's your stance on it?
0: Yeah, I like one the best, weirdly enough, because it just had a, a moment in time for me on the PlayStation, you know? It was like, what is this? It came out of nowhere. Yeah. But I like yeah. one and two a lot, and I like the room, and
1: I've played all of them. I've played many. I have not played all of them. I've played most of them. I actually do like Silent Hill, the first one, the most. Yeah, that is my favorite one as well. I feel like that one came together the best for me, even though it is like really rough these days, you know. Yeah, uh, but it's always it's always been kind of weird to me that everybody loved Silent Hill two the most, and I don't really know why that is. Because honestly, when you play the gameplay, it's kind of wretched, and i don't, <laughs> I don't feel like the story came together for me. Of course, there's many different endings. Maybe I got the worst ending or something. But like, it's always it's always really puzzled me how people really like two the best, and I just. I don't know. I just it just never worked for me that well. But anyway, whatever. Yeah, it looked okay. I mean, weirdly enough, I didn't
0: think it looked like visually stunning. And lots of times, you know, when you do a remake, you're really focusing on that. But yeah. Anyways, and the other thing they showed off really quickly is like that shadow drop idea of just dropping a game. So they showed off Silent Hill, the short message, and they said, "Download it now. It's a short little Silent Hill game." Uh, and I played most of it, um, and I'll tell you why I stopped playing it. <laughs> Because um, it's basically – I think it's helpful, but it's also really tricky because it's a short story about a girl who is feeling bad about herself and, you know – um I don't know if we get in trouble you want to go in the into the it podcast.
1: now or you want to wait till we get to the main part of the, of the show? oh i'm going to talk about on we'll get... the
0: show yeah that's right okay it's it's pretty dark is
1: what i'm saying okay well hang, put a pin in it for now we'll I'll come back to it when it. we get to the yeah. main, main portion of the show
0: so anyway so that was weird and you're like whoa it's a game that just dropped and then they just showed sonic x shadow generations and you're did like, you just what? say
1: four words in a row yeah i did and that's you picked those
0: out of the air i know that's what it sounds like and i was like "What? the new sonic game what what is this third person running around and i was like it was just out of nowhere and then it continued to feel like a dream because they showed off Judas, which is from the creators of the Bioshock game.
1: Oh, I've heard about this. Yeah, 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 yeah And yeah. it
0: looked much more done than our earlier trailers. Sure. And it looked crazy and weird and very Bioshocky y and, um, you know, dystopian. And then they showed off Metro in VR. Yeah, uh-huh. Uh-huh. Right. I mean, you know, Metro. But it's just the fact that it was, like, an unusual experience and it looked right. really cool. Right, Then they showed off Rise of Ronin which okay. is coming out kind of soon. I think it's this year. And that already, that felt kind of weird because it felt like real world, but also ninjas, you know, and Feudal Japan mixed with real world. And so that, I was like, what is this game again? What, when does it take place? Okay. So it kind of confused me. And then they showed Death Stranding too,
1: which had oh. a talking
0: puppet in it. Uh, and it couldn't be weirder. So the whole thing just felt like there's a lot of weird coming at me.
1: Interesting. Well, okay. Well, I will reserve judgment. We haven't seen anything. I don't really know anything other than what you just said about it. So we'll check it out. But yeah, it just—it like, feels
0: like a fever dream. But uh, all those games are like a lot of them are coming out very soon.
1: Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. As far as Death Stranding, did they give a date on that? Death Stranding too?
0: Oh no, they didn't. But oh, they didn't. But they also showed off, or they teased that he's working on another thing. Oh, okay. Which well, I'll whatever. Watch.
1: I mean, I don't know. As far as Death Stranding too, I just want to go on record now. And just say I'm gonna buy that day one. If we can't get it good, I'm just gonna pay full price for it. Because Death Stranding ended up being like one of my favorite games of all time. Yep. Um, I still think the story is complete like rancid horse shit, and I don't care anything about the story at all. But that gameplay, something about that gameplay connected with me on such a deep level that I've replayed it. I think I think three times, two and a half times, three times. Yeah, crazy. And I never replay games. And so he could just give me. I mean, I'm I'm gonna skip through all the cutscenes. Like just I'll let you know up front. I'm not gonna know what the story is. I'm not gonna care as long as I get like. A few more delivery devices and a bigger backpack and nicer boots. Like, that's that's all I need from that game, dude. Well, that's what it has. And it has a spaceship. I was telling you. Okay, I'll fly message, a
0: spaceship. I'll do that. I don't think you fly. I think it just it brings you to different areas. But it shows that you're, like, kind of
1: getting around in different ways. I mean, that works for me. Bigger, more areas, different areas. As long as it's not a poison swamp like no. they do in Dark Souls, I'm fine.
0: It looks like the same game. Basically, it okay. really does, and then, then they just added more stuff. But other crazier stories, including a talking puppet, which is scary as hell. Okay, so that's it. Say to play. Uh, my biggest uh, takeaway from it was to yeah play Stellar Blade because I think it's April. It's like kind of soonish.
1: All right. Excellent. Okay. Anything else for you, or is that it for this That's my only box today. All right. I've got a couple things here. Let me just check the script real quick to see what I know what I'm talking about. Okay. So basically two things, but one of them is kind of long. Um, First, there's been a game that I believe is now available from Inkle, the people who just released uh, Highland Song, and they've done that one that was like a murder mystery on the passenger ship, and they did the one about... I can never remember the titles. The one where you're, like, decoding language in space and you had your boat that was in, like, the solar river and stuff. Whatever. Everybody, Every game that they make, like, is interesting and kind of literate and, you know, intellectual in a certain way. Um, they've got a really good fan following. Um, they also did that, mm-hmm. like... Uh, 80 days or whatever uh that was on phones and stuff oh, anyway yeah. so they just released a new game which kind of came out of like literally nowhere um it's called the forever labyrinth and it's a free browser-based game that incorporates art from all across the world and different time periods of history i don't know anything about it um but i got the pr drop. they're like hey would you mind mentioning this on the show i'm like yes of course i will um, so I'll check it out, and if you like Inkle stuff, um, it's probably worth a, a, a look. See, all you got to do is direct your browser over there, and I believe—oh, uh, it was—it it teamed up with Google Arts and Culture. I believe they got funding from like Google directly, or their oh, Arts cool. and Culture department. So you get just type in the Forever Labyrinth and Inkle, it'll come up. Otherwise, it's it's g o o dot g l e forward slash Forever Labyrinth. You can go there directly if you wish, and see what that is all about. Cool, check it out. Yes, and the other thing is we got uh, some email from Elio Campitelli, super fan, super listener, Elio Campitelli. Uh, I'll just read this to you. Carlos, uh, you have not heard this before, so this is new information for you. Let's read the letter, and then we'll just discuss. Okay? Okay. Elio says, and also, thank you for writing in, Elio. He says, in a recent episode, Brad talked about online distribution versus physical media. That was the one that you were not here for, Carlos, where I was like, oh, you should go back and listen to it, because I talked like the opening, the the entire opening of the show was me talking about this. Right, right. And Elio says, I wanted to offer my take perhaps from an underrepresented point of view in the American discourse. Living in Argentina, online distribution is absolutely fantastic. Access to actual discs is not common. You might see some windows with The Last of Us on display, but there's absolutely no way you'll get a copy of smaller or indie games. On top of that, due to currency and income disparities, the American prices are very expensive for us. So Steam uh, until recently offered regional pricing which made games much more accessible and played with the local currency in november they changed that policy and now prices are more expensive and in us dollars but even so still around 40 percent cheaper than in the us also there's the environmental perspective creating discs and moving them around must be extremely environmentally costly the plastic used for the disc the oil used to physically transport uh, transport them and distribute must be massive compared to the cost of sending information through the internet Without online distribution, games would be much less widely available and less affordable outside the US and other big markets. So, when people rail against online distribution, it always feels a bit like a very first world problem. It's also a bit misguided, I think, because it doesn't matter at all if the data gets in your computer or console via the internet or physical disk. What matters is how the DRM is implemented. Even with physical media, if a game implements DRM via online server, then the parent company can unilaterally decide to shut down those servers and you will lose the ability to play it. In terms of presentation and pre- I'm sorry, preservation, excuse me, in terms of preservation, nothing is stopping libraries and other archival institutions from making long-term backups online distributed games. Again, DRM here is the enemy since neither disks nor backups are useful if the DRM server is shut down. And for this, pirated games with drm removed might be the way to go now i don't want you to to, uh, take my own experiences as the experience in these countries because it's also very limited i only play on pc i have never owned a console and i live in a big city with good internet but i do want to highlight that gaming is a global phenomenon and that these conversations should be centered not only around the american markets anyway great show as always elio there we go thoughts carlos all right
0: Yeah, definitely. Like, I think in general, when we have conversations about the industry and all that kind of stuff and games, we're definitely, you know, thinking US. Sure, sure. Gaming is obviously global. Um, And yeah, that's 100% right on the actual physical media and all the kind of, you know, toll it takes on uh, the world, you know what I mean? In general, like how it's transported and made, all that kind of stuff. I would say. a lot of people want physical media that are collectors. I feel like most of my friends that I know uh, who want physical, it's just because they they want to like have it in their house or something. You know, I'm not that person, by the way. I just want to play the game.
1: I was actually just going to ask you. Let's pause on that for a second because I'll circle back to this after you talk. But what, where are you standing? What's your stance on physical media versus online right now? I think I have, a, I have an inkling in my mind, but for the record, like how what's what's your take on it right now?
0: Well. Yeah. Let me finish that thought. And the fact that like, you know, those, these are the three sections. One is is the section of, you know, people who want to keep the actual thing for collectors. So I'm not in that camp. Okay. What my take is, is I don't need a physical media and I haven't for a long time. Most of my, almost like what 99% of my games are online or, you know, downloaded. And then, but, uh, kind of on the other side of it and to his point, Like, I'm just freaked out that they can just shut my game off at any time, too. Like, I don't like that, right? Right, right. The DRM part of it. So, it's a tricky... It's a double-edged sword. I don't need it, and I'm happy that I just can quickly download a game when it comes out. I mean, I'm literally 9 p.m. West Coast. If it comes out at midnight, you know, I'm downloading it. And that's cool. That's a service for me. Because back in the day, you had to have to go wait in lines or go to a store, and they might not have it. So, I just... That's where my my stance is. I love it. I love digital, but I also hate DRM. That's bad, and I hate the fact that preservation can't happen with any of my games. Like you know, all my PlayStation games could be gone in a second. You know, in a second.
1: Yeah, so literally, literally the yeah. server. Yeah. So
0: yeah, and then like literally the other day, I bought that Topspin game, or not Topspin, um, AO Tennis, and it connected to the internet. So oh, yeah, I hated that, so, you know, so there's parts of me that don't like the always on bullshit. But that said, ninety nine percent of my games are online. Yeah.
1: Well, I want to I want to thank Elio for that uh, email. I think that's really uh, great and important to keep the global situation um, in mind. We de- I mean, we kind of are an American centric podcast just by default because we are Americans and we're in America. So that's just kind of our. Our baseline. But, you know, we definitely want to take into account like the international situation, different countries and, and different realities for people around the globe and game. And that's what's great about games. Right. It's like anybody around the world can play a game. Now, whether it's on a physical disc or download or whatever, um, you know, it can be very different situations. So and in fact, we have a couple of international writers, more than a couple uh, at Game Critics. And it's always interesting to hear. Whenever they're requesting a code like what platform they request for or what they have access to so i'm definitely uh you know i haven't lived that international life myself but i do talk to our international writers and i get a little taste of that so i'm glad he brought that i'm glad that elio uh, they brought that forward um i i think i used to be all physical all the time um, because i definitely am a collector right i have that collector mentality i've always been a collector of things ever since i'm a kid you know collect video games collect comic books collect action figures and stuff like that so that's just it kind of appealed to me but as time has gone on um, I've definitely let go of collecting physical games I haven't bought a physical game in quite some time and I think part of it is because it's just not a thing anymore like it's so hard to get every game that you want and it was so frustrating to to not have access to certain things that I was just like whatever I'm not gonna even bother anymore because some games don't even come out physical and sometimes it was like these limited editions and like if you didn't get your pre-order in, then you were screwed and it just the whole thing kind of felt bad but also beyond that um you know i'm looking at a stack of playstation one games i mean i've still got all my old stuff i haven't got rid of any of it yet yeah um but i'm looking at it and it's like okay cool like i look at it but i can't really play it because i don't even know where my playstation is i mean i have it still but like does it even work anymore does it even will it even connect to the tv i have it's like I'm not in that space of where I feel like if you want to keep doing physical media, you've got to be really dedicated to it. Like you've got to have the right connectors and the right cables and the right TV screen. And, you know, like I just I'm not in that world. I don't want to maintain that stuff. And I don't really have a lot of nostalgia for old games. Yeah. Um, and so I'm just I've kind of just let it go. So I think I'm definitely like more in the definitely more in the download side these days just for ease of use and nothing else. But I do agree. I think that Elio brings up a great point that. DRM is the devil, and as, as a society, we need to really look hard at how we implement DRM and how much control we are willing to give up of those things. I mean, currently, it feels like 100% of the control is in the hands of the companies where we're just long-term renting things. Um, for example, uh, we lost internet uh, a couple days ago. Uh, some car crashed into a telephone pole or something, and my entire area lost internet. We still had power, but no internet. And guess what? I couldn't play a single fucking thing on my Xbox because every single game wanted to do like a check-in yeah. like, like on a system level. Right. So I couldn't play like none of us, none of us could play anything. And so, um, well,
0: switch, you can play cards. Still. That's true. Yeah, that's yeah. true. I
1: could, I could play the switch, but like, like everything, like that day I was playing two different Xbox games and I couldn't play anything. Cause it was like, we're not connected to the internet. And I'm like, I don't fucking care. Yeah. But you know, like you said anything can be gone in the blink of an eye I feel like that is not inherently fair to the consumer and so we need to adjust those things DRM is definitely the devil but I think that just with the state of things maybe just I don't know maybe we should just let go of physical and it sounds crazy I wouldn't have said that 10 years ago but now I think that's kind of where I'm at well
0: to in closing um the future is inevitable so and I'm a futurist I think I'm a futurist I I think you are I think you are actual thing And I'm either, like, already ahead of the curve or, like, way too far ahead that people are like, Carlos, come back. You're not supposed to be out that way. Um, Glitching through grounds, going through the wall. Um, And, yeah, I think that it's just inevitable. Like, everything is going to be in the ether, and we're just going to connect to it with our watch or our fucking glasses or, you know, it's just going to be – there's not – and the big old boxes, that's silly. Like, my big, huge – Honkin xbox and playstation are gonna be gone well i'll uh, tell
1: you where i draw the line though i'll tell you where i draw the okay. line. okay
0: but that is the future so you can yeah, draw I any think, line I think you want but i think you're right
1: no no here's the line i'm drawing yeah i will never let elon musk put anything inside my brain that is where i draw my right the line. implants yeah <laughs> fuck that okay hey, what if it's musk not me.
0: elon though and it's just like you know sony or, or microsoft has like the new well, console you can put in your head.
1: That's a whole other podcast because on one level that seems like the future and cool, but also DRM. And so I don't want to DRM of your fucking head. Like the minute you stop uh, paying your monthly subscription, they shut down the left part of your brain. Like, no, no right. thanks,
0: man. No thanks. I think implants will be always be that true line in the sand for humanity. Yeah. Not to make this a huge dystopian podcast now, but that is the inevitable, like final kind I don't want to say there's anything finality because there's also singularity talk, but it seems like, once we get to the part of like putting things in us, yeah, yeah, then it's, it's different. But up until that point and what the future is pretty much now is that, yeah, we, we don't really need boxes and we really don't need, um, uh, to own things. So which that's just need better,
1: better management, better rights, negotiation, and yeah. more, more consumer privileges. Well, I
0: think. and this is my final thought the, I just downloaded, which we'll talk about in the show. Well, I won't say what it is, but a huge game and it's like 68 gigabytes, right? Yeah. That's on my PlayStation. That should never need the internet. Okay? Yeah, exactly. I agree. So when that thing happened at your house, you should have been able to play your 65 gigabyte game. Fully agree. Totally on your Xbox. And so that is the line. That's stupid.
1: All right. Well, again, thank you, Elio, for writing in. Hopefully uh, we addressed the issue. And uh, if you have any more follow-up comments or anything else, please feel free to write in. And of course, anybody else listening, we always want your feedback. We always want your thoughts and ideas. Um, Send us a message. Send us anything. We'll read it. I guarantee you we'll read it on the air and uh, we'll have a nice discussion and we'll give you a shout out and all that nice stuff. So there you go. Uh, You can get the contact information at the end of the show as always. All right, Carlos, I'm ready to move on to the main portion of the show. How about you?
0: Almost. I just realized this little box I kicked when we were walking out of the house. (laughs) Is that what you tripped over? Yeah. Um, We'll talk about our backlog games kind of in this episode. But one of my backlogs I was supposed to do, and I didn't because of a reason, which I'm telling you now. (laughs) Because of a reason? Okay. (laughs) Um, I was going to go back to I Am Alive, and I was really excited Oh, yeah. I forgot
1: about that. Yeah, Yeah. yeah, Yeah.
0: I wrote it down, and then right after it is the words controller support. There's no controller support? There is, but it's half like in steam does this all the time and you wouldn't know but they'll do it they'll show the little controller and then they'll like draw a little dotted line in the middle of it and they'll say partial support mm, okay. so some things don't work or just aren't mapped right okay and you can even try to remap with steam but sometimes it just gets wonky and I could not, for the life of me, get all the right buttons mapped.
1: Oh, no. So I can't play it. I can't fucking oh, play bummer. it. bummer. Like, what happened? Like, were you, like, pushing up and then moving left, and you push B, and the guy, like, sits down? Or, like, what happened? It was
0: like I couldn't aim when my gun would trigger, you know, or something, and I had to oh. use the keyboard for, like, the gun. And I don't know. I, maybe I'm an idiot, and people can call in or, or email in and say, here's what I should do, or just hit, hit us up in the Discord. But... I couldn't figure it out. And so I was like, well, I'll put it on pause and I'll, I want to come back to it. But unless I don't think they're going to add controller support at this point. So, yeah, like
1: 12 years after the fact or something, probably yeah. that patch is not inbound. So. I have to
0: find a way to do it through Steam again. So anyways, that's why I haven't oh, talked about brilliant. it. Here.
1: I bet somebody out there knows something. I mean, maybe some clever modder or maybe some fan of the game has some kind of yeah, answer. If yeah, anybody yeah. listening has an answer for Carlos, please let us know, because I would love to to get his full report after all these years yeah
0: i didn't get to go back so let us know
1: all right all right there we go that was housekeeping folks we're rolling right into the main portion of the show here kicking it off let's stick with you carlos for now let's get back to what you mentioned in the housekeeping silent hill the short message which you said dropped on the same day as the sony thing sony whatever director showcase or whatever it's called what's it called
0: uh state of play
1: state of play I don't know anything about this uh, other than what you just said. So why don't you go ahead and fill us in?
0: Right. Yeah. I just was going to talk about it in the housekeeping and here it is now. Uh, it's called Silent Hill, the short message. Uh, like I alluded to, I think it's important. It's about a young girl who is on her cell phone in kind of a place that she doesn't know, like a house or a big warehouse building. And you know, can't tell if it's a dream or real, like very Silent Hillish. And while she's on the phone, they do a couple of things that are really interesting she'll text and you do that thing where, you know, you you hit the button for you to reply to the person kind of interactivity. Mm -hmm. Um, And so she's texting a friend and I guess recently one of their friends died and that kind of comes up and she's feeling really bad about herself and uh, feeling like she doesn't want to be around anymore. And me personally, I was like already in these kind of dark places myself sometimes recently. And so it wasn't the best game for me to be playing, Mm. but at the same time, I appreciate these games because they're helpful for people, right? Like the very beginning of the game, it shows the um, prevention hotline stuff, right? Like that's up on the screen. Oh,
1: they literally do like a little PSA message. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Okay. And
0: so I was like, Oh, this is going to get, you know, into it. And it does. And again, I think it's important because it's bringing up, you know, things, but at the same time, it's pretty dark. So anyway, so she's in this warehouse and she's kind of freaked out and it's creepy. It feels very dreamlike. And there's like all these sticky notes that say that, you know, you're worthless, you're not good at anything and making her feel worse about herself. She, it also brings up the likes and stuff on in her Instagram account. Like she wants okay. more likes, she wants people to see her and, you know, value her and she doesn't feel that. Um, and all at the same time, there's these couple like short segments where there's some sort of creepy silent hill monster and they're chasing you. And they actually got me with one jump scare and they never do. Hmm. And um, you know, it's all like, it looks beautiful and stuff like that. But in these in-between segments of, of like in- investigating and being scared by this monster, you uh, cut to this girl. Um, I don't want to spoil anything, but you cut to a girl that was one of your friends and, And she's supposedly in this warehouse somewhere. You're supposed to find her, but when they cut to her, it's live action. Oh really? Yeah. Okay. And it's really interesting. And then it goes back to you exploring this weird warehouse and yeah, it's about, you know, people not feeling valued and not wanting to be around anymore and losing people. And at some point she's like standing on the top of a building wondering what she should do. It's crazy. Like it's really dark. Um, and so I'm on a double-edged sword about it because I think like it's helpful to know that you're not alone and you know if you're feeling bad, other people feel bad too. But it's also like weird to put monsters in there like Silent Hill. Yeah, because it's like I'm already scared. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right, like, right, right. This is already psychologically is pretty... disturbing. Yeah. So when the monsters started scaring me, I was like, or chasing me, I was like, I don't really want to do this. Anyways, I did half of the game. I think it's a very short experience, but after like half of it, I was like, I'm good for right now. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it was way too close to home for me. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So I'm telling people that right now. Cause they, they think it's like a cool silent Hill short game. That's normal silent Hill, which is like just creepy. It's not, it's really just a message. That's why they call it the short the message. Me- the
1: short message. Yeah.
0: And it's, I think it's to help people, which is good, but you really do have to be in the mindset to be able to handle it. Cause it's Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's I mean, it sounds like the short messages don't tie your self-esteem to online likes and popularity. That's kind That's of the message of I was getting message. from you right here. Yeah, yeah.
0: But the other message is about like, it, it, it's, you know, life is difficult. And when you're down, know that other people are feeling that way, same way too. There's like a third message too, but whatever. Yeah. I just think it's interesting, interactive experience and I like they did it, um, but it's some tough material.
1: It's the third message, please pre-order Silent Hill 2. Remake. I know,
0: right? <laughs> I don't, but it's not tied to Silent Hill 2. You know, it's not like side sure. to, tied to the remake. But, right, right, right. Um, I don't, you know, There's, if you remember that, um, what is it called? Direct, again, of Silent Hill. There was like eight Silent Hill th- experiences or games coming out soon. So this is one of them. And, uh, yeah, I think it's interesting, but pretty
1: dark. And it's free and you can download it now, it's right? Free. Was it you limited know, time or is it just up? I don't know
0: okay i don't know if it's limited but you can check it out now
1: all right there you go silent hill the short message yeah um all right i don't know if uh, anybody remembers but a couple weeks ago we were talking about stuff that was on sale on uh, the psn store and i bought like i think I want to say, like, I bought, like, five games for, like, under $10 total. Mm-hmm. I was just fucking around and just, like, you know, I it was like, oh, I'm, I I should try some of these things. And we have previously talked a lot about um, keeping crap off of online stores where the curation is not where I think it should be. Like, I feel like having crap on your store just makes your store look like crap. It doesn't really, like, broaden horizons for anybody. It doesn't seem like you're a good store for having all these choices. It just seems like you should really, like keep some of this shit out so in the interest of being fair i decided to take 10 bucks and get some of these cheapy games that are they're on the psn store they're also on xbox this is not in any way like an anti-playstation rant or anything this is more about a a crappy store curation rant uh, and that goes for everybody switch included um so i picked out three games and they were all i think either two dollars or under first one was called super box delivery one was called the czech run as in czechoslovakia and the third one was steampunk voyage okay Um, played all of these and (laughs) i mean i was right like these are all like really shitty games um first one super box delivery is probably the best one but that's not saying a whole lot that's like the best of the worst basically you play this little car that can't stop you're driving up a road and you got to pick up boxes as you drive and then the more boxes you collect uh the more points you get and you're just like dodging cars that are incoming i mean it's like the most basic thing you could have played this on like i don't know atari the graphics would have been worse but like basically the same game it was just really really um nothing really to write home about the czech run i will say i got a big laugh out of it but it wasn't a good laugh in this one it's like a 2d auto-scrolling um platforming running type game that you would play on your phone Mm. you play a person i guess who's in czechoslovakia it's like this guy you run and you grab a stein of beer. There's lots of beer all across the uh, the course. So I guess the message is people in Czechoslovakia drink a lot of beer while they run. And then the game just gets faster and faster. So you just run over these platforms, jump over pits, grab beer and you got the beer in your hand the whole time. And it just gets, it goes so fast. It's like to a ludicrous degree mm. that like human reflexes can't keep up. And like, I was just like mashing jump and like, whatever. I mean, I played, I got the experience in like 20 seconds. And then after that it was like, okay, I'm good. Yeah. That these, didn't really yeah, nothing, these, these sound like phone games. I mean, worse than I mean like or bad phone games. Yeah, yeah bad yeah. phone games. And the that's, last that's one true, because phone games nowadays are like incredible. Like some I mean, of them are. Yeah, some, some are them. really good. The last one, Steampunk Voyage, was it had some pretty cool art. You look like you're a dude in some kind of steampunk armor. You've got a jetpack. I'm a sucker for jetpacks. Um there's no tutorial of what of any kind, no like on screen prompts. There is a little control map, but you're in this weird land and has a bunch of like floating islands and giant robots walking back and forth it's the same robot they just like copied it multiple times and you have to like fly with your jetpack with these kind of like floaty physics and you have to touch blue glowy spots for like some undetermined reason and you just kind of just fly around and touch these spots and i'm like okay i get it and i don't want it to get any more so uh, this is a, a really interesting experiment because I, I chose these things at random i was trying to be open-minded to give these things a shot I was trying to like you know see if the curation would be would be something maybe it'd be a little a little surprise a little a little bonus for me maybe I was being too harsh right uh, no no I was correct I was right the first time as I usually am ha 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 and I just wasted my uh, ten dollars and I feel like this kind of stuff it doesn't belong on the PlayStation Store like if you're a if you're a first time developer and you're learning your craft and like you're you know that's cool man that's cool like. I... People got to learn this stuff. People make games and they learn how to do it and they make better games as they go. That's all great. But like your pet project does not need to be uploaded to the PlayStation store. And if I was a PlayStation curator, I'd be like, we don't need this stuff on our store. Yeah. Like, I don't know who's buying this stuff other than me. And like, there's just so many other experiences that are better and more well polished and bring more to the table. So this is, I mean, if you want to put it for free on itch or something, because this was something you're proud of making because it's your first game. Cool. More power to you. You know, nothing against that. But like this kind of stuff doesn't belong in the store. And I was proven correct, and I don't think I'm going to do this experiment again because I would rather have my $10. Well, by the way,
0: was it different publisher developers?
1: They were all just at random. They were all completely unconnected
0: and different, yeah. You're right because I've done the same thing. Remember, I played my huge Mm -hmm, uh, mm – what was that one? I jumped up as a pig all the – I went upwards. Your various jump games and stuff. Jump games, yeah. Yeah. But the point is, is that they are lots of times – again, no offense – but lots of times, the ones they're picking, at least, are worse than games on Itchio. Like, yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, I love For Itchio, sure. and that wasn't know? a
1: slam against Itch by any means. If no, that's that, what I'm saying. Yeah, it. apologies to Itch. That was what it was I'm a slam. saying is
0: like there is some experimental RPGs that I wish were on my PlayStation that are yeah. on Itchio. Yeah. So this is a perfect example of curation gone wrong because we're not saying we don't want cheap indie things on our bigger consoles. Right. Um, and by the way, Switch can do the same thing because I remember last time I was on there which is a long time ago. Um, I will be on it again when we get the Switch 2. And I saw a ton of shovelware that was like, oh I'm yeah, you never yeah. going to play this.
1: This goes for all the publishers. This yeah. is not pointed at anybody specifically.
0: So, but all all of them need to get like hire somebody. They could hire me, by the way, or you either easily, one of Easily. Easily. I'd be happy to do it. Yeah, and um oh, man, that's a good job for both of us actually. And uh, yeah, because like I could right now go to the homepage of RPGs on itch.io and be like those five you know, like the top five, oh, yeah. Yeah, put them sure. over. And I would, because a lot of us, including me want to get off the PC. Don't, you don't ever, you know, get on your PC to play steam games and
1: stuff like that. And I would do that itch.io game on my TV. You know what I mean? Yeah, I totally agree, dude. I would much rather see the experimental stuff from steam or from itch or from any other like small indie thing where like you know, they've got a, a cool concept and just just add some controller support get it on there i would much rather give you my 2 bucks and have this weird experimental thing than to give 2 bucks to this like shovel i don't even want to see this stuff in the store dude yeah i don't either so it just feels like the lowest fucking possible effort like no real value to it just trying to catch people who like only have 2 dollars or maybe don't know any better they got to do a better job xbox sony switch they all got to do a better job at curation yeah all right anyway that was it. That was my $10 rant. Moving on. That's like a Carlos segment and you did it. That's it. Fun. kind of is. I, you know it is. You were you kind of inspired me a little bit and I yeah. I wanted to just chest it out. Was was I being too harsh? Was I being too narrow minded? Nope. Nope. That was fine. I'm You're good. You're right. I'm right on the money. So <laughs> Anyway, all right. Moving on uh pow world carlos a little little known game i haven't heard anything about it i don't see no, anybody talking about, no one's it. talking about it i bet they probably haven't sold very many but you're playing it in fact you played it last week you talked about it last week and now you're circling back so fill us in on this little known anonymous game called pow world anonymous equals 19
0: million <laughs> sold and so it's sold as an asterisk because it's like 12 million on steam or something or i think like that and 7 million on game pass so Game Pass, of course, is in quotes free, but you still are paying for a subscription. Sure, sure. So, sure. you know, Pale World, uh, Pocket Pair, the developers, got some money. Uh, I don't know how their, their deal worked with them, but it's got to be something. I'm sure name. they're
1: very happy, whatever their deal was, because yeah. those numbers are huge numbers. And $12 million
0: on Steam, or not 12000000 million, 9 million, let's say, on Steam times $30 is
1: very good. That's a lot of money. I don't know what that is, but that's a lot of money. It's a lot of money. So,
0: yeah. I, and also, a quick apology. Last week, I was just so excited and crazed about it um, that I think it was just a rant. And I don't know if any of it was like understandable, if anybody caught anything I said in that review. I think I just did a run-on sentence. But I'll try to go a little slower this time and explain why it's so cool. I think last time I mentioned that this developer made a game before this called uh, Craftopia... Yes, that's right. And that is a survival game with crafting and weirdness, like just weird shit in that game, including creating a bunch of like weird stuff at your base, like cows or different animals, like creating uh, resources for you so you don't have to. And I think that's one of the key things about Pal World is, yes, they added these Pokemon type creatures. A lot of them are their own creations. So they some look similar and some are wildly different. Like again, Depressio was just a depressed creature who's really funny. Um, One of the ones I just got was like this huge sand crab, you know, things that aren't in Pokemon. Um, And then, although, is there a Pokemon sand crab? I don't know. I don't follow. (laughs) Uh, But anyways, there's some really weird stuff and dragons and stuff. And so I think the key component, which I think I might've mentioned, is why it's so addictive to me and a lot of like the millions of people playing is because the loop is really fun and good. And when you talk about survival games, lots of times I just bounce because I don't want to run around getting things, and it just takes so long. But now in this game, these creatures aren't just to hold guns, like the marketing says. Yeah. Um, and you know, do all this kind of craziness, tagline stuff. They're really just super fun resources. Like I just made a new base, and I put down. I have so many different you know pals. I'd the pails that I like that do certain things. Like one is really good at mining. And I went to this place where there's all this ore so you can get all the ore for mining. I put them down, made them some beds, made a hot tub next to them. Now they're just going, right? And it's like a automated system now. Like they still get hurt. They still get upset. There's things that I can fix. But in general, this keeps people on the hook and why they keep coming back and why the concurrent number is so high for this game is because you're not managing all of it. You know what I mean? Yeah, you're yeah. You're setting these great little things up, these like systems.
1: These little automated systems, These yeah. little
0: automated systems. You could, they could take out Pokemon. You could make them robots, you right. know? Right, right, you right. could make them cows like they did in Craftopia. And then these things help you, you know, get the things you want, and craft more things that are fun. Like I just made a crown for myself and like, you know, I made some really weird, um, Metal structures that I can make my house out of. I did all that because I've set up these systems. So I think that's one of the unsung heroes of this game. The other unsung hero I didn't mention last time, and I think you would, uh, I think anybody would appreciate this. All the boxes that you put your resources in are shared. Uh, meaning, like you just throw crap anywhere in any box, and whenever you want to build something, it just pulls the resource.
1: Oh, that's yes. Isn't that Thank beautiful? You. Yes, please. Thank Every you. Every game needs yes. to do that from
0: the here on out.
1: Quality of life. Let's do it, please. Yeah, yes. it's a it's called global, like a
0: global allocation. Yes. Um. So these are the and these these are the unsung heroes of why this game's good. Everyone's focusing on a Pokemon with gun, and again, it takes a lot of time to make a gun. Guns have ammo, by the way, and run out super fast. Mm. So I don't use guns in this game. Like I just have a really good, you know me, spear, and I do some melee. And I have these two uh, cats that I love, Mao and Mao Crystal. And they're these two little cute cats, and they just crush. They, like, just destroy everybody with their weapons and their, their – um, not weapons, their magic powers. One just crystallizes everybody and does all these frost powers. The other just has magic, like dark magic. Uh, so I'm running around with a spear and two cats. But, um, but yeah, I just think that, like, the, the marketing or the thing that you might be getting, the tagline of it, Pokemon with guns is not really what this game is. This game is super addictive and the, and and, you know, the systems in play are what keep you the the third thing is, and why I'm still playing it. And this is my update is it does have that mix. Like I said, last week of Elden ring where the map opens up as you go further, some places you can't get to because it's too hot. So you have to craft armor to get, you know, to be able to deal with the heat or it's too cold. You have to have armor for that. And then you can just find weird dungeons and you can go and defeat a boss in a dungeon or some dungeons have like just random resources in them but that explorability is another reason why people are playing this game right it's not like i feel like every pokemon game i've ever played to just do the comparison it's like i know what this is the town you know this is the woods and i'm gonna randomly find some pokemon i have to battle them but like i don't know what the fuck i'm gonna find in this game right yeah like, there's an island somewhere and it's just got some weird tree on it and you get points from it i'm like what the fuck is that you know or there's an npc in this um i found this fisherman town and all these npcs were there for selling stuff and i didn't even know that was a thing in the game that like all these little kind of uh you know what are they called you know npcs that sell stuff
1: What's like a
0: shopkeeper word? she's like a shopkeeper yeah and then there's like there's wanted levels like grand theft auto so if you do too many bad things like kill humans like guards will show up and there's literally like different levels of being in trouble, which is totally GTA. So yeah, this game is just a lot of things. And I think that you put them all together and it's super addictive. So I can't stop playing it. I'm playing other games, but it is so easy to lose like hours in this game.
1: That's interesting. You know, I I definitely remember this. And and like everyone else, we did remember it for being Pokemon with guns. But I do feel like the, the narrative has shifted, at least in my circles, because I still see people talking about... Power world every day and everybody has really dropped the guns I don't really even hear about the guns what I hear about now is like the base building yeah and that kind of a thing which seems to be like from what you're saying the the true personality of this game they marketed it in a very canny way to get people's attention but now that they're in they realize there's more to it than just blasting animals with other animals and stuff so I don't think this is my jam I'm not I, to be honest very little interest in this and that's okay because not every game is for everybody but it is interesting to see how deep you're getting into this and how popular it's become I you know I I figured it would do like okay just because just the novelty factor alone and how many Pokemon fans are out there but like it seems like they've really tapped into something so that core of the crafting and the automation and the exploration must really be popping dude so yeah congratulations to them.
0: Congratulations but also it's such a good um, what's the word I want Um, I'm losing all words today but it's like a a, a point that you can look at for developers you know and say uh, this is something we can do which is one, mash a bunch of ideas together. Okay, that's one thing. But the other thing is that experimental nature and weirdness factor goes a long way in games. Yeah, yeah like, for sure. why was Skyrim again? I always go back to Skyrim, but Skyrim was really massive because it was like, I don't know what the fuck's going to happen. You know, I put a, a pot on this person's head, you know, uh, and it just walked around with the pot on their head. Or I stored all these, you know, cheese wheels. Like, just weird shit. And I think that's the to reuse the word, unsung hero of a lot of games that are super popular is that you don't know what's going to happen. GTA is a perfect example. GTA Online, biggest game in the world, okay? Prints money. But what is it? If you watch YouTube videos, it's the, what the fuck is that? You know, like, a helicopter jumps or smashes into a car. The guy jumps out. They steal something. Whatever. It's
1: the random craziness. The weird reactions, the weird things that happen, the unexpected, the kind of... uh, like for the moment what is it what is what is the term for that i can't remember what the term is called like the where it just kind of happens unscripted you know yeah i can't think of a word either all of the words Emerging are gone. the emergent gameplay emergent gameplay yeah. yes
0: i think that is again what's happening here because a g- good example and this is my last power story story for now is i just built this base near this ore mine it's so cool i have like all the resources i need now and i built my own house i just redid the whole thing made my own house away from all the craziness. Cause it's like, you know, all these automated systems, pails running around, all this stuff. So I made my house like a, on a hill nearby. Did you say pale? Oh jeez, you fucker. <laughs> I'm saying it this whole time and everybody <laughs> listening is like, he's saying it wrong. Sorry, I just had to circle back to last It's okay, it's a comment on all the TikTok videos. Uh, I just stopped saying the word by the way in my videos. Um, is I built this house up here and you know, it's outside of my zone. Uh, Well, two stories real quick. So it's outside of the zone. They pick a little, like a blue line, blue circle around your zone where your base is. And so my house that I started building is halfway outside of that zone just because it's better. It's like more space. So I built it and I'm working on it. And it's a work in progress. I go up there one day and half of it's on fire. And I go, what the fuck? And what happened is I have one huge fire creature and... Yeah, he he does like um, all this kind of you know lumbering for me and stuff like that and burning things. Anyway, so wolves had attacked my house, unbeknownst to me, and they were just fucking shit up. They were like smashing my wall, and because it was near the outside of the zone, you know, and they could do that. They they can aggro out there. So I was like, fuck. And so what happened is that fire creature that is on my side started fighting it, fighting the wolves, but he's fire. So he burned, he like caught, he did like a fireball and it hit my house.
1: Little collateral damage friendly fire going Oh, yeah. On. yeah. Collateral damage. I had to like repair the whole half side of the house.
0: And that's what I'm talking about. Okay. The other thing is like when I first started building that base, a huge like level 35 uh, creature was in the area where I was building the base. Like he just showed up. And I was like, oh, you can't be here. You know what I mean? Like this is my house now. And so I had to build a fence. I had leaf wait for him to leave that I'd build a fence so he would never be able to come back in. And so he, he, he tried to come back in. He turned around and went away, and I, I was, like, just waving at him. See you later, buddy. Get the fuck out of here. This is my house now. But anyways, the emergent gameplay of that, like, creature just showing up, you know? Yeah, All these yeah, things yeah. are, like, you don't know the fuck's going to happen. That's really cool.
1: Well, it adds spice. You know, that's really – I mean, that's, like, a really cool thing in any game, right, where – where you feel for just that briefest moment, like, Oh, like it's, it's kind of alive for a second. Like I didn't expect that to happen. I didn't, you know, like it's almost, you can kind of immerse yourself just like one level deeper because you tried something or some monster responded in some weird way or some, you know, it just wasn't all scripted. Like you're not just pushing a button and advancing the campaign. Like you're, you're kind of like, you know, living it a little bit, which I think is really cool. I think it's a very great experience. You know, some of my favorite moments, I mean, are like that. Like, there's a lot of that happens in Death Stranding. Mm-hmm. A lot of that happens in Fallout New Vegas. Uh, and in fact, I'm playing Rogue Trader still. Some of that stuff happens as well, where sometimes just like something happens, you're like, oh shit, like I didn't, I didn't think that was going to happen. That's, you know, I love those moments. So I, can, I get it. I get why people like this, you know. I, yeah. It, not for me, but I can absolutely see the appeal for sure. Well,
0: And you add one, one other uh, special ingredient is the fact that Game Freak has been, like, under-delivering on Pokemon games.
1: They've been pretty comfortable.
0: Yeah, they're comfortable, but also, like, they released a broken game, their last game. uh, Or semi-broken, I heard. And on top of that, we underestimate, or at least I do, the amount of people and, like, the success of Pokemon. Like, obviously, it's massive. But someone somewhere said something like it's like number two game in the world ever or something crazy. You know, like yeah, yeah, yeah. All those people have to go somewhere if they're There's not. There's a playing. hunger for it. There's a fan yeah. base
1: for it. Yeah, even even like, adjacent, right? It's not even, like, a legit Pokemon thing, but it's close enough. And it, right, that's and exactly, And it taps yeah. the new, you know, it taps this... I'm sure that, like, people playing Pokemon have had all sorts... I'm, I, I'm not even getting to the fanfic. I'm just talking about, like, different modes people have imagined, right? Different ways to play, different things to do with the world of Pokemon. And, like, I think this is, like, a step in that direction, right? Like, people... I'm sure many Pokemon fans don't want to fight they want to have their pokemon and they want to just like ride them around or they want to you know like you said like put them to work on a farm and have a pokemon farm like they want to stardew valley but with pokemon like in game freak hasn't really delivered many of those experiences that are outside of their core identity of the combat and the collecting Mm -hmm. so i can absolutely understand like the hunger for something that's pretty close and that delivers a different flavor than nintendo has been delivering
0: yeah and i think that um yeah i just think that uh, to reiterate the combat like me running around with two cats and I have one bird that I fly like he helps me get to certain parts I can't get to but like that's there's there's nothing more fun than running around where I can still do melee and we didn't mention the dodge roll is actually pretty damn good it's like this <laughs> it's kind of like this karate ninja dodge where you go left and right it's crazy looking it's like capoeira it looks like capoeira okay um anyways and then the cats when I send them out You know they'll do crazy magic damage and then i just you just hit l l button i'm playing on xbox and you just bring them back real quick you know to heal them like a pokemon but by doing it all in real time it's just what i wanted sometimes when i was playing pokemon you know dodge roll send out cat cat attacks bring him back in send out other cat you know i have two different types of cats send him you know jump on the bird fly the bird do an attack with the bird jump off the bird, do my own melee combat. Yeah.
1: That's pretty good. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I'm sure that's fulfilling a lot of fantasies that people have had using like the Pokemon IP so many different ways that you could use this property and have different kinds of experiences and different kinds of adventures. So yeah, I mean, kudos to them for swooping in and like, you know, trying to deliver this thing that Nintendo has traditionally not delivered. But I bet after the runaway success of power world, I bet the people at Nintendo are like, Wait a minute. Maybe we got to maybe we got to do something here to freshen this up. So well, I, I bet good. we're going to see some new stuff, competition right? breeds creativity, but exactly, they're not yeah. going
0: uh, to finish to finish that idea of, of lawsuits. They're not going to sue them. I don't think they're going to. I think they had to do it early. Um, I don't think they have anything to stand on now. And so I don't think that's going to be a problem for them, uh, which is interesting. But they're just going to have to create like you said, they're just going to have to now gonna have to
1: step it up, step it up. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah.
0: in closing, uh, one more thing is I literally, my last video, is I just was walking somewhere, and because this game is not finished, which we talked about last episode, early access, I fell through the ground. Mm. And so it was perfect because my name of my channel is Glitch to the Ground, and I literally glitched to the ground. Uh, and while I was under the map, I explored and saw a lot of crazy shit. So uh, right on. I like the weird, even if it's broken weird. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right, folks, that is Pal World and PAL World. Pal World. pale Pal. Pal. Pal? Pal. Pal world. Pal world Pal World. Okay. Got it. Moving on. Folks, uh played a little game called Turret Rampage uh, on the Switch. Was sent to code by the publisher. Thank you very much. Um this is a really interesting, very small. I almost want to say it's like a micro game. Uh, I saw some trailers, and it looks just like something really simple, actiony, reflex-based, which is good because I feel like I've been playing a lot of stuff on the Switch lately that is very slow and methodical and text-based, and sometimes I just want to change it up. So I'm like, yes, I'd like to check this out. Basically, it's a very—I'm I'm sure it must be a very small team, one or two people probably—and uh, it's uh, kind of this monochromatic pixel art where you have a very small screen; it's the size of the Switch screen. You have a turret the turret can go up and down the central shaft. Um, There's hallways on the left and the right side and enemies approach in those hallways. So like your turrets in the middle, it goes up and down a couple floors. I think altogether there's three floors, top, middle and bottom. And there's also a left and a right. Uh, And then monsters come from both sides and also the top, middle, bottom. And you just like, you move the turret up and down and flip the cannon around to fire, you know, fire left, fire, right, whatever. Very simple formula. In mm-hmm. fact, so simple. It's one of those games where there's like no text and there's no it's like they, they try to give you everything via pictures so they don't have to like translate into the different languages, you know, and there's not really a lot to the game. So they kind of got away with it. Mm. Um, there's two types of cannon shots. And honestly, this took me a little while to figure out because, like, again, there's no tutorials. So I'm like, what the hell is going on? Please explain this to me. But there's no language. So I just kind of you muddle your way through it. Uh, one one shot. I don't even know how to explain this. One shot is like a bullet and it kills a certain kind of enemy, but it it'll, it kills him in one hit. But if you use the wrong kind of bullet on this other en- enemy, it takes two shots. And there's vice versa because your second shot looks like like a cloud or something. And that cloud shot will not affect the first enemy, it'll take two shots, but it'll kill the other enemy in one shot. So basically you gotta remember which cannon are you using which bullet are you using and then which enemy is coming. And so, so I, you'll see like a guy coming, you're like, oh, it's it's monster A, hit him with the A cannon. And then behind him is monster B, okay, hit him with the B cannon. And so you gotta kind of remember back and forth and they they complicated a little bit because after a while you get a monster where like his first shot requires the A cannon, but then to finish him off, you gotta do the B cannon. So, Wait, and then can, they, can I ask yeah, a question ahead. real quick? Yeah, go ahead,
0: yes. I feel like I got what you said and yes. it's a turret game, uh, Yes, but I'm wondering for you personally, like, it seems like you do dig games that are kind of like math in a way. Like, or like. Or, or, am I getting this wrong? Like, there's so many games that, like, you'll play that are strategy type things. Yeah. Or, like, you've got to figure things out. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. is that something that, like, relaxes you or makes you, f- like, you know, like, are you into that?
1: No, I mean, I, I guess it depends. I mean, sometimes yes, sometimes no. But with this one, what I was looking for was, like something pretty small, like small contained action levels I can play a couple before I go to bed. and I wanted something where I didn't have to remember what was happening in the story and I didn't have to remember uh, okay, yeah, you know, I didn't want to have any inventory to manage. and this seemed like a very action arcadey focus game, which it is. and I think it's it's fine. Um, it's just a very, very, very small experience. um so small in fact that like once I figured out, you know, the difference between the a and the B Canon, and the difference between the a and the b monsters and then sometimes there's a monster that's a b sometimes there's a monster that's ba and then once you figure out what's what it just becomes a matter of execution and the monsters just keep coming in the hallways you're going up and down you're shooting left and right remembering which cannon is which but like that's like 30 minutes of content maybe less and so i got through it all um they start you off with like seven level seven or eight levels. Where you're just like, the first one is like, play for 30 seconds and don't die. No problem. Then it's like, play for 45 seconds and don't die. No problem. And it goes up to like, I think the last one is like two minutes and don't die. Okay, got that. No problem. And then once you're done with that one, the next one is like, play infinitely and then upload your score to uh, an oh, online geez. leaderboard. And that's it. It really
0: is like an arcade game then, at that point. Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, and that's it, right? So I feel like the mechanics are good. I feel like the controls are good. You know, having a little turret is kind of fun. Shooting back and forth, remembering the monster types, that's all fun. But, like, I literally did everything this game wanted me to do in less than 30 minutes. And then when I got to the leaderboard, I'm like, well, I don't care about that. There's always going to be people better than me. And I don't want to, like, I don't really care about being the world's best at turret rampage. Yeah. So that didn't appeal to me. And, in fact, I even emailed PR. And I'm like, is there any more to this game? Because I feel like that was over, like, in the blink of an eye. They're like, no, once you got to the leaderboard, that's it. I'm like, man, that sucks because I feel like there's so much more they could do with this, right? There you could have upgrades, you could have different cannons, you could have different monster types. You could have uh, like a little world where like you go to, you know, you drive your turret on this little rail and go to like different parts of the of the world. You could have cute little cartoon characters have a little micro story in there. There's all, you know, different different kinds of turrets. Like there's all sorts of stuff they could do with this that they didn't do. Um, and again, I get it's probably small team, probably very focused project that you know it's probably something they busted out and just you know they didn't want to scope creep. I get it, I get it, I get it. And I like what they've done here. it's just it's just such a small hors d'oeuvre of a game. I feel like just as I was getting into the groove, it was over and I had no interest in the leaderboard. so it's kind of disappointing that it was just like a flash and then it was done. So I liked it, but I mean, I was literally done in like 20 minutes or so and I wish there just was more to it. there's nothing unlock. There's no new levels, there's nothing else to it. So I like, this is a good starting place, but I feel like I wanted there to be like nine times more to it, you know what I mean? Well,
0: it's also $5, right? Like yeah, I'm, very I'm looking small. at it on Steam, it's $5. Yeah,
1: small cost.
0: So it feels like that, it's like an experience. It's a short experience. And yes, you're right, it is definitely more arcade than systemy. I just said that because I know that lots of times you'll play games on the Switch, which are like- Oh yeah, you're right, you know, you're right. Hey, yeah, I, this is how I do this thing, and so it's kind of like a system that I'm playing i'm playing a system but there's also a game in there but yeah, yeah this one looks like more like tapper
1: uh i mean yeah old, that's old a, time callback if anybody's old enough to remember what tapper is or root beer tapper i guess it, it is kind of like tapper but with two sides to it yeah yeah so. which again
0: is a fun system and is a little arcadey yeah more arcadey but it seems like fun and short experience
1: yeah it's i mean i like it and i think it's good I just wish there was like ten times more to it. I wish there was something else to unlock or more to, more to see, more to do. I just felt like just as I was warming up to it, it was over. So, yeah. and that's something I don't say very often. So anyway, turret rampage, I like it. You want a quick thirty minutes of game time? It's it's good. Just know what you're getting into. So, all there right, you go over to you, Carlos, for a revisit to Grand Blue Fantasy Relink. And before you get started on your revisit to this, I will say. That I was talking to good friend and super fan of the show J Monster, and he's playing this as well. And he was very interested in what you had to say about this. Um, he wanted to know if you had um, finished it, if you had gotten to the end game. He was kind of comparing it to Monster Hunter, and that kind of took me sh- for a loop. I was like, "Wait, what? How? What? This is the anime combat game. What are you talking about?" And he's like, "Oh well, when you get to the." the end of the game, there's like this other mode where you grind for resources. And I think that was the comparison of like, you know, grinding for better, better loot and better resources once you get to that end game. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, I didn't know about that. Um, I guess it gets really tough and you got to play online and stuff. So uh, I'm he wants to know what you've got to say about that. And I guess I didn't know that even existed, but I am curious uh, where you ended up and like, what do you think about all that?
0: Yeah, I think the game has two options. Basically, you can play the game as a campaign. And the campaign is actually shorter than, like, the original Grand Blue Fantasy was, like, hundreds of hours long.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I didn't play it, but I've heard. And this is, like, yeah, 10 to 15 hours, probably, if you just, like, mainline the campaign. Right.
1: And again, not to interrupt you, but from my own memory, this is, like, third-person, like, real-time combat action, right? Is Yeah, third-person
0: yeah. with a, a party, with a team. Okay, okay. So, um, kind of like,
1: like a Tails kind of a thing, sort of?
0: Yeah, but and you don't control them. They kind of just, you know, do what they're going to do. They do their gotcha. moves. And you can... Pick who you want to actually be in the party uh, any time before the battle starts. But when mm-hmm. the battle's going, it's just you're that person. Uh, that works fine for me because I'm always like the main character, you know. So I never am the other characters. Gotcha. Um, so that's the that's the way it plays out. It's uh, I think I mentioned last time. It's good dodge roll, third person action RPG, uh, big bosses, but also like regular monsters and things like find the secret chest and. You know, tons of resources all around. And you upgrade your stuff. I don't think I mentioned it last time. You upgrade your weapons. You keep improving your weapons and unlocking them and getting them more high level. I, like, leveled all my weapons up really early because you're, again, finding those resources. But there's actually, to the kind of point of the Monster Hunter, even the main campaign is really boss heavy. Like, every time you think you're, like, just at another part of the story, it's like, dun-dun-dun-dun, and this huge... Gollum comes out of nowhere. <laughs> and literally, I fought a golem in the sand. And after that, you're like, oh, well, now we're going to chill and go back to town like an RPG. You know, I'm going to talk to people, do side quests. There's those. But in general, the campaign wants you to go from boss to bigger boss. Like, it really does feel like you are taking out bosses in this game. Hmm, and I don't think okay. I mentioned it last time because I didn't get far enough. So I don't, I don't know how I feel about that. It doesn't feel... Like a traditional RPG at all. Okay. And it does have that kind of online kind of we could do this together. We could go on, you know, there's a questing with friends kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And so it feels like a different type of RPG in that way. And uh yeah, like there's side quests, but it's like you collect shit while you're out and about, and then you go back to a town and say, Hey, I got that thing you wanted. Right. Gotcha. That's mm-hmm. the side quest. So it feels like it's got that almost MMO-ish component to it. and But if you're just playing the campaign, it doesn't matter because you're really focused on just the story. So that's what I did at some point. I got mainlined it. Um, I kept it on normal the whole time. Uh, near the very end, a lot of it's bullet spongy. Okay. And I don't know why, again, even tails or not tails Was it tails That just Arise. Yeah, Tales of Arise yeah, 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 yeah. did the same thing. I also did the same thing near the end game. I turned it down to easy because it's just hit points. Yeah. And if you're doing that, again, developers listening, just don't, just don't like, there's no, I don't know who that's for. Um, if it's end game, if it's truly end game and you have beat the campaign, then that's fine. You know, make them bold spongy, but in the campaign, it shouldn't be that. So I got literally to the last boss, which was like, you know, eight bosses, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, no, that's okay. I'll make that story mode. Um, by the way, even in story mode, took a fucking half hour, you know what I mean? Right. Um, so it's still, yeah, I, I think that it was a fun time in my mind. I'm not going to review it, but it's like an eight, okay? So it's like that. It's like, this is a fun-ass time, and I kind of really liked the story. But at the end, I was like, I'm ready for it to be over. Let's knock it down a story. Don't have to, you know, spend a million years on this boss. And then they do this kind of episode zero. Like, you can keep playing. Mm -hmm. Like, there's another story bit, you know, after the the game's over. I haven't done that. I don't know if I will. And to his point, like, you know, there's definitely, like, more bosses. There's definitely more things you can do. Yeah.
1: He was saying there was, like, 100 100 hours of gameplay after you roll credits. Probably.
0: I mean, you could always see in the game that they were alluding to, like, you don't have enough resources for that yet. You know what I mean? Right, right, right. And so I just, that's why this game is two games. It's a short campaign. And if you want to just do that for an 8, 8.5 kind of RPG, that's what it is. And I beat it. I don't think I said that, but I beat it. Yeah. Okay, okay. And then I don't think I will go to that grind thing. I think that's for certain people. Right. But I don't, that's just not my jam. So I won't probably grind in it. And also there's another game I'll be talking about on the show right now that I'm addicted to. So but I think it's a very solid RPG that's very fun. And yeah, it's just a lot of bosses. It really is. Okay. And okay. a lot of like uh it's hard to see what's happening on screen because you know so much shit's going on.
1: See, that was my takeaway, right? Like every time somebody recommended this to me, and not just J Monster, but other people have asked if I was getting into this. Maybe maybe it is the boss heaviness that is kind of triggering the Monster Hunter comparisons, but like when I was watching, I was like, "Am I thinking of the same game? Let me YouTube this again because maybe I'm thinking of something different." And I thought I was mistaken, but I wasn't, because when I looked at these videos, it just looks like random anime stuff happening on screen, and I can't tell what's going on. I'm like, "I don't, I don't want to play this. This is not my jam." Um, I, no, no shade if people like it, but I'm like, "Nah, I, this is what I thought it was," and no, I don't want to play this. So, it's yeah, got, that's, yeah,
0: it's got Final, it's got Final Fantasy sixteen, five, no, fifteen vibes and sixteen actually. Fifteen though, and near automata because at some point bosses do that thing where like you can't attack them; they're just gonna shoot things at the screen, and it 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 zooms out. You know what I mean? And so you're like literally just like running around things that are hitting the ground, and and and, so that's the thing that's kind of annoying. But at the same time, when you do it right, it does that beautiful flow state where you're like, "Holy crap! How do we even do that? You know, how do we win that fight?" And there's limit breaks, you know, these kind of cutscene moments and stuff. So it's really fun and flow steady, but then it is a lot going on on the screen. Um, yeah. and, and a lot more near automata kind of running away from, you know, and you know, shots in the air and like explosions than I thought, uh, and more bosses than I thought. So I was confused by the game, uh, <laughs> but intrigued enough to finish it. And
1: I'm very glad I did.
0: Um, yeah, it's like solid 8.5 territory for me, like eight probably. Yeah.
1: Okay. All right. Fair, fair. All right. That was grand blue fantasy relink i'm guessing you're probably done with it now right
0: i am yeah but i'm not okay. gonna you know it like we said earlier it's a digital download i can download it anytime i want and go back and grind later on
1: as long as the drm is active we'll see. as long as they let
0: me yeah yep.
1: All right, uh, last game for me coming up, and this is one for my backlog. So continuing our New Year's resolution of bringing a backlog game to the show. Uh, This is Frog Detective. I've been wanting to get to this one for a long time. Um, I saw it come out on PC like a while ago, and I'm like, oh, that looks really cute. Looks weird and quirky. Might be my kind of thing. Going to wait for the console release. They did release on console, uh, and bonus, they released the entire thing. Rather than being episodic like it was in the PC, they collected all three of the investigations that the frog goes on. And they just like put it in one package. Mm. Um, and uh, PR did send me a code for this. So thank you very much. I appreciate that. Kind of talk about it right here and right now. Basically, this is a... Oh, man, what is it even? It's like you play the frog detective. And I will say the game starts out really funny because you're the frog kicking it at home. It's really rough, like intentionally basic chunky colorful low poly I mean, the frog looks like he's made of like seven polygons or something but it's cute and it's charming and you're at home and you get called your boss is like I need to I need you to go on a uh, an investigation and we wanted the world's best investigator to go on this he wasn't available so I'm calling you and so nice. which is a good joke uh, I think the world's best investigator is called lobster cop And the frog is like, yeah, he is the shit. He's better than me, but I'll go because you need number two and I'm number two. So that's a a good way to kick it off. Um, But basically what you do is you walk around these little environments and you talk to other chunky, colorful, low poly, weird animals. And you kind of just figure out what's going on. The first case is you go to this island that's haunted and you got to figure out, is it actually a ghost? Is it something else? Um, the island is very small. I mean, we're talking about maybe like one large room size of of space. It's not like open world or anything like that. And you kind of just walk around and talk to people, and then uh, eventually, like everybody wants something. So some guys like, oh, you need a plate of pasta. Well, if before I give you the pasta, I would like uh, like <laughs> like a necktie. And then you got to figure out who's got the necktie. And they're like, well, if you want this necktie, I want toothpaste. And so you got to figure out. You know, it's like one of those chain quests where everybody wants something you get the Mm -hmm. next thing and then you know we've done these a million times um so it started off kind of like making me giggle a little bit but i gotta be brutally honest and i'm so sorry apologies to everybody who's listening i i bounced off of this like so hard and so fast because that's really all it was was like you're just talking to these characters and it's one of those like if you think it's really funny then you're gonna really like it and i thought it was like okay like the first joke was great but it kind of just went downhill from there and it wasn't even like really jokes it was just like I'm very strange and this whole thing is very strange isn't this strange and if you like that vibe of strange maybe that'll be entertaining for you but I found it just to be kind of tedious I was like I'm not laughing yeah and I don't think that this game is really doing anything challenging or clever in terms of gameplay because it's just like one of those talk to every single person and then figure out who's got the thing you need and then talk to them again and remember who needed the next thing, and I'm like, ugh, you know, and with with the, you know, with the dialogue not grabbing me, um, that's really all there is to the game, is just walking around and talking, and if you don't like the dialogue, there's not really a lot left to the game, so I started playing it, and, and God's honest truth, dude, I started getting, like, really sleepy, because I was like, I'm getting kind of bored of this, and it's not, nothing exciting is happening, I'm not laughing, it's not, you know, there's there's no twist. It's just like, do you like this vibe or don't you? And if that's you do, I was gonna say it is a vibe. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's a vibe. If you like the vibe, then cool, you're gonna like it. But if you're just indifferent to the vibe or don't care for the vibe, that's all this game has to offer. So I got really bored of it really quickly, and I didn't laugh, and I didn't like the vibe, and I bounced, which is a shame because I think when you see screenshots, it's pretty cute, and I like frogs, and I like detectives and the idea of matching that together is fun but it just it just didn't work for me and I got uh, I got I got out I got out pretty quick. well you tried
0: so. and you you played a game for your backlog and I would say yeah to your point it's like night in the woods like if you like the vibe of night in the woods you're gonna love it you're gonna love that game because that's all it is the whole time and, I and if you
1: don't like that vibe right you better get out and so. that's what this game is it's like a vibe of that that those yeah. characters
0: in that frog world
1: yeah it's pure vibes game so if you like the vibe great I didn't like the vibe I didn't care for it but There we go. Check off another backlog game. That was one I meant to get to. So there we go. Promise fulfilled this episode. Back to you, Carlos, for the final game of the show, Like a Dragon, Infinite Wealth. Which Uh,
0: has an asterisk next to it because it was supposed to be a backlog game.
1: You were supposed to be playing just Like a Dragon. What? Like Yakuza, Like a Dragon, right? Yes,
0: because that was going to be my backlog game to match yours infinite uh infinite wealth is the new game like a dragon the first one is yes. came out for a while i have the digital download i started it you'd beaten that game the original yes
1: no i've gotten very close i didn't oh, actually okay. finish it but i like played a, a lot of it yeah right.
0: and so this is the yakuza, yakuza games like a dragon was one of the i think it might be the first one that turned it to turn-based uh, like combat. a dragon is the first one that yep. was
1: turn-based combat yes and i
0: found that very fun and relaxing and i thought there were so many good things about it but like the Yakuza games, um, they are very slow at times and on purpose, actually, perfectly to the point of a vibe. If you like Yakuza vibe, you're gonna like the Yakuza games, right? Yes. The vibe is sometimes it's very long cutscenes and long story. You might not ever even touch your controller for a very long time. Uh, and that's just part of it, right? Because they're building, I know they're building drama, like almost like soap opera drama. Yeah. And then they're building connection to characters and people. And oh, yourself. yeah,
1: character. Character is king in that game.
0: King. And then, you you know, as Kasuga, you're, like, finding these different connections and working with those connections as well. So, anyways, it's a real vibe about characters. So, that first game, even though I really liked the turn-based combat, and I was going to go back to it for the backlog, it just got a little long in the tooth for me. Like, I wasn't feeling the vibe. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then I also saw online a bunch of people saying, like, Yes, it'd be better if you play that one first because it's Infinite Wealth is a direct sequel. Like literally. Oh
1: yeah, those games are always so story heavy. Yeah, story for heavy. sure.
0: And it's, it relies on a lot of knowledge, but also just like to get the vibe again, to reuse the word of Infinite Wealth, it's good to have known what happens. But um, a bunch of other people on YouTube said like, you could also go into it right away because it does a lot of like, hey, if you don't remember this guy or girl, this is the story so that you know they do the recap so they do a recap okay. yeah uh not like a recap in the beginning not at all i'm just saying like as things happen they'll do like hey do i want to like think about this for a minute and then i'll give you a recap right like yeah, yeah yeah it can happen throughout the gameplay which okay. it's
1: really smart interesting interesting um then again
0: it has a compelling enough story on its own that you don't you know i'm just kind of into the idea to jump into it is you know kasuga is like out of the yakuza there's a, all the stuff that happened. No real spoilers, I guess, for this, you know, preview. But um, stuff happened. He's out of the he's out of the yakuza. He's working a dead end job, kind of a contractor job. Um, not dead end, I shouldn't say, but he's trying to like give back to the community. And you know, like him, he's always like super positive uh, and just trying to like help. And it's his like rebirth. Like he's trying to figure out like what he's gonna do with his life. Um, And so you kind of like immediately into the story, you kind of understand what's going on and yeah, the combat to jump to that real quick is what I've heard is just the better version of like a dragon, right? Like it's like they've iterated on it. Sure. sure. Um, and I will talk about the combat here when you start the turn-based combat, there's a circle around you and you can move around before you attack. Okay. Like, which you know, you're a big fan of when it comes to like XCOM games. Oh yeah, positioning and stuff. Positioning. Is key. Yeah. yeah. And so then, if you say you position by a bike, then you can use that bike to attack with. Uh, you you know, you're literally picking, or you like want to hit people into people. You know, you can hit someone back into the other enemy. Like, so two enemies take each other out, and that's all positioning. So I think they just nailed the final version of this like turn based combat with mm-hmm. positioning, and it's really fun. Um, other than that, you know, it's very much like, like a dragon later down the road, which I haven't got to yet. There's an animal crossing mini game. There's a bike delivery mini game. There's all these different things you can play. Um, the animal crossing one is supposedly super deep. Um, but yeah, it's just, I think they did a really good job of not needing that first game and I'm just in like, I'm like, Oh, this I'm kind of more in for some reason. Um, because I kind of like the story hits harder with me. And let me just touch on that real quickly. Without spoilers, it, he, he starts over, he has his job, he's trying to help other Yakuza uh, who like also got, you know, disbanded and they're not in the Yakuza anymore. But at some point, minor, minor, minor spoiler, this is the very beginning of the game, he loses his job. And so why this is also the game I'm gonna play, because it touches close to home, all these layoffs happen Okay, oh, Jesus. That, yeah, that's too real, man. It also talks about the economy and, like, the first game, it talks about homelessness. And, you know, I, if you remember, Costigan's like friends with a lot of people who are just Oh, yeah. Homelessness was a
1: huge part of that first yeah. game. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So it's still there. Like, and they talk about the pandemic a little bit and they talk about virality and views and YouTubers. And, you know, I'm not going into too much of it, but, like, there's a part where he gets, you know, Costigan has a problem because. I wouldn't say he gets canceled, but kind of, uh, and you know, a YouTuber like helps hurt his career and like his person and his brand. Oh, wow. So it's like all these things that like totally resonate with not just me, but people living right now. And so I think that's why it's another easy in. It's like, you don't have to have played the first game. It's like, this is something I think a lot of us can understand.
1: Yeah. It sounds very of the moment, very current, very, Relatable on many ways, despite being, you know, yakuza orient. I'm sure many of our listeners are probably not in the yakuza, so, you know, not that, but like just, you know, our current society and the things that we deal with, especially online. I mean, that seems very, very relevant.
0: Yeah. So I think it's it is a great starting point for me. I'm not gonna, you know, so this me saying I'm not gonna go do the backlog right now. Maybe I'll go back to it. I don't know. But this just feels like that V2 of like a dragon, and it's like everything's better, and. It's coarse. It's got all the weirdness in it, which I love. Again, back to the weirdness. The first weapon I got um, to upgrade my bat, I bought a uh, uh, giant vibrator. Oh wow! okay. Yeah. and you know, okay, crass, yes, funny, kind of yes. Uh, the other, my other guy has uh, a giant sausage. You know, nice. Anyways, there's just weirdness, and then like the best armor in the game is like 29 million yen or something, you can never afford it. And it's like golden underwear, you know? Sure. So what what else would it be? What else would it be? So there's weird stuff like that, but really why I'm so excited to immediately play it as soon as we're finished recording, is that that beautiful, which you can remember, that beautiful loop that they do, which is yes, there's long periods of time where there's story, but when you're not doing the story, which you, you know, get invested in at some point, you're just like finding shit on the map you're finding people to fight and someone said this also in youtube video it reminds me of earthbound
1: yeah a little bit right? i can see that i can see that because it's yeah. real
0: world but you're totally thinking everything's an rpg like casuga loves rpgs yes. and when he even sees certain people he imagines them as big bigger characters or monsters
1: yeah that was a whole theme in the first one too he was yeah. he was seeing the whole world as if he was in an rpg yeah, yeah so
0: he still does right he's not going to change And that just makes it feel like the loop of running around, finding stuff, doing side missions, doing these mini games, then leveling up, finding weird new weapons. And then like you mentioned with like a dragon, um, having these intimate moment conversations with people that really kind of can resonate, you know? Yeah, Yeah, for sure. And then layer on top of that, this like the economy layoffs and you know, YouTube and views. Like, it's just doing a lot of things. So I'd say the only con is that when they do the really over-the-top, like, oh, I'm going to ask a girl out, but I don't know what to do, you know? (laughs) And that's the whole beginning of this game, by the way. Right, right, right. He just doesn't seem like a real man, like a person. I shouldn't say real man because what's a real man? But, like, he doesn't seem like a grown person. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's, like, a,
1: that's a weird recurring theme in a lot of Japanese media, right? Like the, It is. The insecurity about, like, asking girls out. And, I mean, that's I, – I, I am not qualified to comment on that from a, a learned cultural perspective. But I have noticed that being a very, very common and very often repeated theme in, like, anime and video games where it's like – some hero or something, but then he totally crumbles when it has to like ask a girl out or something. It's so
0: Japanese. And that is not even a stereotype. It's just what is coming from Japanese developers, which is like, you know, taking this old school respect mentality that is still part of Japan, uh, you know, lots of respect and things done different ways than other people in other countries, but like uh, multiplying by a hundred when it comes to a video game, you know, at times because yeah, yeah, like even people using the most respect in the world would figure out at some point how to ask a girl out, you know, maybe um, that I mean, the set, species
1: has to continue. So at some point you might want to like figure out how to ask somebody out on a date. So it's just, the,
0: yeah, the longest version of this the very beginning of the game was me or Casaga, me slash Casaga figuring out how to like ask this girl out. Um, and then literally talking to his buddies afterwards saying like, what did I do wrong? You know, <laughs> Anyway, so that's the only con for me is those moments happen, and I'm like, this is taking me out of the game. You know right, what I mean?
1: Right, right. Yeah, it's pretty silly. But because,
0: okay. oh, and this is the last thing I'll say. The thing to totally double-edged sword that, the thing that keeps me in the game is all these guys are 40-plus, and they even comment on it. They're like, we're just 40-plus guys with no job, you know, and like what, and we're trying to be heroes, and I'm like, that's me they're talking to me again too
1: real too real
0: <laughs> see this is too real in a good way i'm like yeah, yeah i'll own up to being a nerd who also thinks he's in our in an rpg this is, this is carlos rodella the game it is carlos rodella costaga wait podcast title carlos costaga carlos costaga yeah I was, I was that's say pretty that. good because costaga is his last name all right carlos costaga for the win i am wildly into this game and by the way this is not a spoiler, but you go to the you go to the states in this game. Right? Oh, do you? Okay, I didn't know that. You didn't know that spoiler. Or he goes ads. to Hawaii or
1: something, right? Doesn't yeah, he... Hawaii, right?
0: Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not in Hawaii yet. I've played this game for fucking 15 hours or something, right? Like, right. not yeah. I'm doing some side shit, but like, you're I'm not in Hawaii. Like the, the game had not even fully fully started. So this game's a, a, a time suck. I love it. I love it
1: all right sounds like good stuff i love the first one i'm sure i will love this one as well but uh man i'm gonna have to find time to like work these in that's that's really my main uh, opponent these days is time oh you Lack would jump wouldn't you
0: would you just jump to the new one like i with all what
1: i just said no i would go back and finish the first one because uh, i really oh, loved so it close to the first I, yeah i mean although shit at this point dude i've forgotten most of it so maybe i'll just restart it at some point who knows who knows i don't know but uh anyway all right like a dragon infinite wealth that sounds like a win to me sounds like a win from you yep all right, right on. Uh, and that's it for the show. That's the main portion of the show. No more games to talk about, but we usually do talk about TV or movies or something before we bounce. Uh, I don't have a lot this week, Carlos. You got anything? I just anything? have two, two things real quick.
0: Uh, public service announcement, because uh, I've already seen it. Uh, and I don't know if you have seen it, but the series called Tourist, did we talk about that on the show? I don't believe so. Okay, it's fucking incredible. It's Australian or New Zealand. Uh, put it out. It's so fucking good. I love everybody in it. Um, It just came to Netflix, which is so cool. I don't know how they... And it's a movie or a series? Movie? It's a series. Series, okay. Only like eight episodes or something. Um, You couldn't get it in the States for a long time. It was like, you know those things where you play it on the digital player and you can't access it? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it was uh, Australia. And so whatever their app was, I couldn't use. So I was like, but I've heard such great things about it. I downloaded it, watched it, told everybody I knew, um, and then now it's in the states. Now you can get it on Netflix, US. Yes.
1: Excellent, excellent. So, and what's the gist of it?
0: It's a guy who doesn't, you know, amnesia. He's doesn't know what, what, uh, you know, anything about anything, and he's in a small little town and he's trying to figure it out. But he's also like surprisingly good at combat.
1: <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, sure. Okay. Uh,
0: man, it takes some turns though. It's fucking great. Okay. All I can't. Right. You haven't if you haven't seen it, man. You could do yourself
1: a favor. No, man. I have, been, I have been pretty slammed. We have not had much time for anything this it's week. It's a short so. series. It's a short series. Okay. And you liked some of my recommendations. Is, uh, is, this, is this family appropriate or not? Uh, ish. I mean, like there's teen, some killing. Like a teen could watch this? Yeah.
0: I, there's, I mean, nothing terrible. Okay. All right. We'll give it a shot. All right. And then Fair I'm also enough. watching Mr. and Mrs. Smith, which is the reboot. Um, There was a movie, obviously, but this is a series on Amazon.
1: Yeah. Who is the stars? Against? So it's
0: Donald Glover, who I love from Atlanta and everything yeah, else, and all yeah. his music. And Maya from um, Pen15, which is an incredible series. Oh, I love that series, yeah. yeah. And Maya, she's she's amazing. Um, Irk Sign, or whatever his last name is. And so they're, you know, they basically sign up to do these high-risk jobs, and they get paired up with each other. I never saw the movie, by the way. I didn't see it either. Yeah, so, but they're like a uh, fake husband and wife team to do these missions that are like super you know dangerous missions. And they're all pretty skilled at, like, weapons and stuff, but it's really about, like, kind of to go back to the emergent gameplay, it's, like, the messy situations they find themselves in. Is it, like, Like, comedy or is it serious? It's serious and comedy. It's it's that beautiful drama that's got moments of special, you know, quietness, but then also comedy and action, and there's a lot of action. Um, Each one's amazing. The first two are directed by – what's his butt? I always forget his name. He, di- he directed uh, basically directed some of Atlanta. Okay. I always forget his name. I apologize. And so it's just directed beautifully. And then Donald uh, Glover actually directs the, the finale. So it's fucking good, man. I'm like, I had a f- good feeling. I'm usually a pretty good uh, judge of character when it comes to these shows. It's very good, man. It's very, very good.
1: All right. So noted. So noted.
0: Those are both very special.
1: Please check out. All in. right. Check them out carlos recommends i I, do. I don't have anything that good this week i'm sorry I, okay uh, i haven't had a lot of time to watch a bunch of stuff we've been kind of dipping into little things my son um wait are you has, watching an 80s show well i am but i'm watching something else too okay I, uh, my son has been watching uh he wants to watch one piece we watched the netflix adaptation which was actually pretty great uh, yeah. i really liked it a lot but he's like well we should watch the anime now and i'm like well it's like a thousand episodes he's like whatever we got nothing but time so i'm like cool so we start watching it as a family. Like We were all into the One Piece uh, Netflix thing. We thought it was really fun and we wanted more of that. So we start watching the anime. I think I'm going to mention it before, but we got about 20, 25 episodes into the anime and I'm out and my wife is out. Um, my son is still watching it, but I'll tell you why I'm out is because the pacing, dude, is like, oh my God, it is so slow. It is so slow. Like, um, The stuff they do in one hour of the Netflix adaptation takes him like 15 episodes of like the half hour like anime series like in one of the uh episode descriptions it says Luffy throws a punch and they're not kidding dude he threw one punch and that was it and like they just talked the rest of the time and it's, it's usually stuff that you already know like they just rehash the same stuff that's been established the bad guy will show up and say the same rationale that he's already said like five times already recover like it's just like dude move this forward it is so frustrating so I like Luffy and the one piece stuff we had a great time with the Netflix adaptation I even have a copy of the one piece RPG did you ever play that by the way yeah I did for a little while and I yeah. definitely bounced at some point but to just to standard RPG
0: yeah I was boring i think i was just
1: bored yeah okay maybe so i even got a copy of that back in the day so i'm like okay maybe i'll play some more of this because i would like some more one piece media i want to i want to consume more of that like a good consumer but fuck dude like i just can't you know we got to the part where they're uh they're fighting captain kuro the guy with the really long finger swords and it's like like nine episodes and the fight has, hasn't finished they've barely even done anything and i'm like dude I, oh, I'm i dying. I'm dying Dude. in real time. I can't watch this anymore. Let so. me tell you why. Okay. Why? I tell have me. an
0: answer for this. Okay. This is a whole dissertation we can do. We won't do today, but it's on that. When did that come out? What was the nineties? No, idea. probably, I, I don't know. Nineties, maybe it's I'm older. Sure. Right. So, yeah. um, even eighties, probably like eighties and nineties anime had this thing where I don't know if it was because they were trying to sell ads or, you know, cereal or toys or whatever, but, and it happens in the He-Man world too we're like, you know, yeah, actually He-Man's a good example. Like the final boss never gets taken down. Like sure. Loth- remember Voltron? Oh sure. Um Lothor, I remember him all the time. Uh I hated that guy. They could never finish him off, you know. He would just keep showing up. Sure. And so you never feel like you accomplished anything at the end of the episode besides some character shit. So I feel like that was just like par for the course. Nowadays we're spoiled with like these mature, you know, great amazing storylines that happen in not just anime which is at a renaissance right now um but in in tv shows so i just feel like there's some of this time period where like they were just making filler fucking episodes
1: i mean i definitely think you're onto something there but i will say in contrast voltron gi joe thundercats transformers he-man You at least got a complete battle in one episode. Sometimes even two battles in one episode. And maybe Skeletor didn't die. Cobra Commander got away. You know, they got to keep the show going again. But at least you got a battle out of it. You know, like I'm talking about nine episodes. They haven't even finished one fucking battle. It's like Luffy throws one punch. And then they talk. And they talk some more. And the bad guy shows up. And he talks about what he's doing, which we already talked about the last three episodes. And then we keep talking. And then it's like dramatic pause. Next episode. Next episode. Then the pirate guy will, like, hit somebody once, and then they'll talk, and they talk. Yeah, that's and, too like, much. It's not even one battle. Pre- like I don't expect them to, like, wrap it up, but it's like, fuck, dude, like, I need some kind of action happening here, and we just keep rehashing the same stuff. So, anyway, some people love the show. That's great. I'm not trying to, like, harsh it, but, like, man, I, you know, in retrospect, what the director of the Netflix adaptation did was fucking a miracle. Like, he was... He was working like a hundred episodes of content into each one-hour episode, and that worked. He cut out so much fat, like he did like, uh, like like Guinness World Records like editing job of like taking out the fat, like most fat removed from an anime ever. That dude takes the fucking crown. So I props to him, and I would absolutely be on board for the next, you know, part two of the Netflix thing. But, dude, this anime is just like, I, 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 no, 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 no. Yeah, the pacing excessive. is glacial, yeah. dude. Anyway, um, along the same lines, you're going to laugh, but uh, we we're we trying to look for more 80s shows. We're just on this 80s kick lately, just kind of revisiting stuff see, for not reasons. Wrong. No, you're right. You're right. And so we were like, oh, man, you know, I remember watching Murder, She Wrote back in the day with Angela oh Linesbury. You ever gracious. see that? You, you must have.
0: I mean, I flipped the channel and
1: was like, this isn't for me in sure. the 80s. I wasn't sure it was for me either, but I remember my grandma watching it back in the day. Yeah, and that's, good that's a it. sign, by the way. It is. It if is. grandma's
0: watching it, maybe it isn't for you, but go ahead.
1: But I had, I had good time to sit with my grandma, right? We'd be like, okay, this, this, let, me, let me paint the scene for you. Mom and dad working a lot. Uh, didn't have time to take care of me and my brother. We would get dropped off at grandma and grandpa's house. Love my grandma and grandpa. They're great folks. We had a great time. They lived in this little mobile home trailer in this shitty little mobile home park. But I was a kid, so it didn't bother me. Didn't know anything about it, right? So we're sitting there grandma's got her easy chair that rotates grandpa's got his lazy boy which i've talked about on the show before which was the inspiration for me buying my own current lazy boy which i have and we're, we're sitting on grandma's lap grandma is drinking iced tea with sugar she had that like every day that was her drink and she would smoke cigarettes like like pal Mall chain smoke all day long and i'd be sitting on her lap breathing in the smoke and she'd be like hey would you like to light my cigarette I'm be like hell yeah i get that little lighter i'm like i'm like seven eight years old right lighten up the lighter grandma's taking a puff puffing it in my face we're happy. It's all good. Like, like we didn't know and no one cared. I'd be eating bacon in the morning every day. Didn't care about the nitrates or whatever. Grandma cooked me up some spam and bacon. Smoked some cigarettes. Drink some tea. Watched some shows. But it all was right. all good times. Good times. And she a would vibe, watch Murder, She the Wrote. The vibe. vibe. Super yeah. vibe, right? Super vibe. 80s, 80s innocence vibe. And so she would watch Murder, She Wrote once in a while. I'm like, oh, okay. I remember watching, grandma watching that. Maybe I should watch that again. So we pull it up. Uh, my wife is on this 80s track just right alongside with me too, by the way. So, Moonlighting, yes, that's been a success. Beauty and the Beast, success. Uh, We're watching, like, a lot of cartoons. Gem, He-Man, that's a success. So, we watched Murder, She Wrote, starring Angela Lansbury. And when she started the show, she was, like, 60, 65. Um, She's, like, a small town in Maine. She is a high school teacher, but then she writes a book, and the book gets popular. It's, like, a murder story. And then she becomes a famous author, and then she starts solving crimes in her town this very well may be the very first instance of cozy mystery ever on tv right and that's like a whole that's a whole fucking industry right now cozy mystery is like huge like if i don't know if you follow this probably don't but like in books and in podcasts and literature right now and then and shows cozy mystery is huge and i have to say that murder she wrote must have been if not the first one of the first and so we kind of wanted to go back to it Mm. um I will say the 70s, even though it's from the 80s, the 70s vibe is real strong. Um, a little bit too much, maybe. And the first episode, which is something that was happening a lot in the 80s, and I forgot about it. But the first episode is always like a 90-minute movie, which is like super, like, not necessary. It's like a bunch of filler, a bunch of wasting time. Um, but I will say there have been some laughs. She has got a couple zingers in, which I wasn't expecting, which is kind of fun. Um, we're doing this weird murder where, like, people were a costume ball and then somebody gets killed. So the first episode, really, really slow. Um, we're going to give it a couple more episodes. I don't know that we're committed to this one yet, but it has been interesting to go back to see what was popular back then. And uh, it's been kind of a trip. So I'll fill you in as we go. But uh, that was that was something else I watched this week. So just interesting. FYI. Yeah, the
0: cozy murder mystery thing is definitely huge. Oh, massive, dude. It's massive. So, so. that is like the OG version. Um, but I would say this. We both inspire each other at times on the show. You, Even though I'm poo-pooing a lot of it, of you watching Moonlighting all the time, I will – I kind of have a, a hankering for watching an 80s show. So I think what I'll do is I'll find one tonight. Yeah. And I'll report on it next week for us because, you know, it is a time capsule, especially for people, men of a certain age. Oh, yeah. Um, and women too. And men and women of a certain age. I'm speaking – And just non-binary because, people? Well, I'm just speaking of me and you specifically right now. Gotcha. I'm okay. saying you and me are men of a certain age. Sure. And for us at a certain age, it's kind of like uh, – going back in the past and even you kind of uh what's that trigger memories sure Do you yeah, know yeah i mean yeah so i think that's the other reason i like doing it. i don't know about you but like that's yeah that's why i'm gonna i'm gonna try to find one that you you know can also see through different eyes because yeah. we were different ages
1: and some of that stuff just like hits way differently now and seeing it through a grown-up size as opposed to being eight years old back then is pretty different so i mean yeah. i don't know that we're gonna stick with this one but we've got this one lined up we were talking about maybe heart to heart which was one that we we watched back in the day. Uh, was that one with Pierce Bros. Remington Steel? Remington yeah. Steel? Uh Magnum PI maybe? Something like that. Some so I are, don't know. Some are problematic though too. It's so funny to go back. You're like, "Ooh, there's so much wrong here." Oh, definitely true, dude. There's that is that is for sure. So I think it's interesting to see you know, some of these shows actually fare pretty well, and some of them don't. And it's weird to see where some tripped up. And I think that now that we're older, looking back, we can really strongly see the influences. Rather than just watching a show, we're like, okay, well, I can see what the writer was trying to do. Like, the writer had this agenda, or he had an axe to grind, and he was mad about this certain thing. Or he he probably just got divorced, and that's why he's writing the women so shitty on the show. Or, you know, you can kind of see how things are made in a way that we didn't do back then. So that's kind of interesting as well. But... We'll see. And also just the nostalgia. The world is a scary place. We want to go back to something that's comforting. And a lot of these yeah. shows are comfort food. And I don't know. You know, I'm, I'm human just like anybody else. I'm not above it. So we'll see. I don't know if we're going to stick with Jessica Fletcher and Murder, She Wrote. But it was interesting to try that first episode. And we'll uh, we'll see what happens. So.
0: A final tangent is on that uh, tangent whatever it Reboot on Hulu. Did you watch that? Murder, She Wrote? No, Reboot on Hulu.
1: Oh, no. Uh, no, no, no. You told me about it. And we wrote it down it's on our list but we haven't gotten to it yet okay, that's go- the one where they're they're uh rebooting it's a fake reboot of an old old sitcom yeah, or something it's right? what
0: we're talking about the fact that like there was a show like in the 80s or something and they're rebooting it but like it's like yeah revisiting those characters it's like weird sometimes because oh yeah things yeah. have changed
1: it's on our list i'll have to check it out reboot so.
0: it's very fucking good and keegan's in it so
1: i mean yeah anything he's in big fan big fan anywho that's a show that's a show folks before we close uh we want you to leave reviews share us on social media and most important of all recommend us to your friends nothing beats word of mouth also i didn't mention this at the top of the show but if you do want to support the show and help us out with the cost of running the podcast you can do that over at patreon.com forward slash the sovity games podcast uh we'll take any amount but five dollars and up members will get discord access where we have a bunch of cool handsome sexy people talking about things Behind the scenes uh, over at Discord, uh, as, also, uh, as also as no, also no as always wow screwed that up. We do want your questions and comments, like we had uh, today. We had Elio's letter. We uh, we talked about J Monster as well. If anybody wants to chip in and let us know what they're thinking, give us your your thoughts, your feedback, your ideas, your feelings, anything. Hit us up and we'll more than likely read it here on the show and give you a shout out. Uh, you can reach us at Sovadigamespodcast at gmail.com. You can also hit, hit us up individually. Boy, my mouth is giving out here. Carlos, where can we send your traffic this week? Uh, glitch to the ground, baby.
0: Uh, anywhere you can get videos, pretty much. Uh, yeah, TikTok and YouTube. Uh, I'm also on Instagram, but Instagram is just like, you know, me. My friends see it, you know, see all the videos I put up there. But it's like my Carlos channel. You know, it's just like my Carlos Instagram. Yeah. So I always say like TikTok, glitch to the ground, or YouTube, glitch to the ground.
1: Okay, great. As for me, I'm on Blue Sky Twitter and Instagram. It's my name, B-R-A-D-G-A-L-L-A-W-A-Y. Always, no O's. And this is going to do it for episode 374. Thank you again for joining us here on the Sovity Games podcast. And we'll see you next week. See you next week.